do a podcast version of this show, and here we go again. Welcome to the Collapse Experiment. Yes, uh, I am on top of things this morning. So, move this a little forward so I have some better audio. Uh, to get started, I want to uh, remind everybody that you can find links to these articles at thecollapseexperiment.com. And uh, yeah, sometimes I do cover everything on this uh, show. Other times there's little gems that are hidden in there that you can look up yourself and, and read for yourself and come to your own conclusions, which is what the <clears throat> mainstream media does not want you to do. Remember the days when they would give you information and facts and let you come to your own conclusions and they didn't have these opinion pieces, which is just what these 24-hour news shows are. So to get to it, Unarmed Minuteman 3 launches from Vandenberg. Uh, I don't know what F SFB. I'm not familiar with that term. But yeah, they're they're testing out Minutemen rockets during a time that we're not talking to Russia about doing these things. That's comforting to know. An operational test launched by the Air Force Global Strike Command, unarmed Minuteman 3 intercontinental ballistic missile was launched Wednesday morning from Vandenberg Space Force Base. That's why I'd, Space Force. Who thinks of Space Force? That was like Special Forces. Why would they have nukes? No, it was Space Force. Yeah, the launch took off at 5.11 a.m. according to Vandenberg officials. So, yeah, it was just a test launch. It was successful. Yay. Meanwhile, uh, China tested their uh, intercept of an intercontinental ballistic missile and blew it out of the uh, stratosphere. So uh, I think that was just to go to, to show us that uh, these things are no longer effective in this type of war. So uh, yeah, we could, we could actually go and try to attack China using these things, and China would probably knock a good portion of them out of the sky. Of course, you only need a few of them to hit. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't think we'd be able to counter that. I don't know. So, uh, to move on to more local uh, events. Oh, by the way, I'd like to point out, nothing happened yesterday. Except Bobby Kennedy had his Facebook feed cut when he was announcing he's running for president. I thought that was a little weird. The guy's running for president. He's technically a candidate. And then Facebook's like, no, 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 you're not. You are not allowed to talk. So, yeah, um, that was a little weird. And even Elon Musk thought that was a little weird. So, the OKC bombing anniversary first responder recalls seeing suspect who remains at large. I believe this is written by Ken Silva, who is also on the uh, same show on YouTube. You can find that episode at No Way Jose, uh, where Oklahoma, Oklahoma City police officer Steve Vassar was leaving the scene of a stabbing that morning of April 19th, 1995, when he saw a rider truck with two, two occupants. That guy that I, I posted for this video, that's, that's the other occupant that they stopped looking for because 
all of a sudden, people on drugs, they just made it up. Uh, at least that's what the FBI said. Two occupants passed him towards the Alfred, Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building. Two minutes later, Vassar felt an explosion that could change his and countless other lives forever. Uh, the Oklahoma City bombing killed 168 people. Yeah, so this was a very interesting interview. Uh, there is a link to that interview uh, with this article. And again, you can find that at the Collapse Experiment. I listened to it yesterday. It was... Uh, I felt like there were some questions that could have been asked, but, you know, it's seemed like it was kind of spur of the moment, like they had planned for it, but you never know what somebody's going to talk about uh, during an interview that could lead to follow-up questions. But, uh, yeah, I thought this was a very interesting article. I'm glad that it was written and actually uh, posted by Headline, HeadlineUSA.com. Meanwhile... <laughs> More recent events, Wolverine Watchmen militia membership disputed during Atrium County hearing, Circuit Judge Charles Hamlin. Yeah, so this was a video uh, that was posted. Uh, actually, I haven't been able to see this one yet, but uh, it has to do with five people who are being... Um, convicted or, or charged, I should say, on trial for the kidnapping plot. And five of these guys were never members of the Wolverine Watchmen, but every time the defense turns around, somebody on the other side, the prosecuting side, is saying, like, you know, like the Wolverine Watchmen, so-and-so. And they're like, my my guy was never, why, why do you keep saying that they're members of a group that they're not a part of while prosecuting them for being part of this group who tried to do this, allegedly tried to do this stupid thing? So, yeah, um, that came up. Um, there's also a funny video on Twitter where a guy actually uh, was suing uh I believe it was the Michigan Attorney General who keeps saying that these guys are part of the Wolverine Watchmen when they're not. And meanwhile, saying that they're they're out there promoting the, the rights of defendants. Except for the ones they don't like. So, uh, I want to finish off with... The Waco story. So let's go to Boogaloo Boy, Tim Teagan. Guilty after probe that raised extremism fears. This is funny. I think this is really funny. It goes to show how screwed up our justice system is. Tim Teagan, a prominent member of the far-right anti-government boogaloo movement, pleaded guilty to gun and drug-related charges. Well, what are those charges? Is he working for the cartels? Let's find out. Wednesday, following an investigation by FBI counterterrorism investigators, could spend 13 months in federal prison. Whoa. The 25-year-old Plymouth resident pleaded guilty in front of Chief U.S. District Judge Sean Cox. That's with an X, not with a dick. Six months after he was arrested in a case that raised concerns about attacks on politicians and plans to disrupt the November 8th midterm elections. Okay, so what was he actually convicted of? Though he was investigated by members of the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force, 
because those are good guys, and prosecuted by members of a national security unit concerned about his ties to the Boogaloo and run-up to last fall's midterm elections, Teagan was never charged with a terrorism or extremism-related crime. It's almost like they were making it up. The Boogaloo is a loosely organized movement of supporters who believe the country is broken and that a second civil war is looming. Have you seen Chicago? Um, yeah. Several members were part of a plot to kidnap Governor Gretchen. I have never actually heard which members of this group were Boogaloo. This keeps coming up in these articles. They're either Wolverine Watchmen, some articles will say Michigan Militia, but they keep saying that some of these guys were in the plot. And I'm like, which ones? Because I've never actually seen any of these guys listed as a member of the Boogaloo. It's like they just throw it in there. He pleaded guilty to being a drug user in possession of a firearm and ammunition and making a false statement while acquiring a firearm, a 10-year felony. Hunter Biden much? I'm sorry, uh, is he the only one that can enjoy some Parmesan while carrying a pistol? Because that's a thing. It's not like we don't have a laptop with photos to prove it. Oh, and didn't his ex-wife throw the gun in a dumpster next to a school? Very responsible, very responsible adults that are running things around here. The drug-related charges carries a maximum of 15-year prison sentence, but as part of a plea agreement, which means uh, we really don't want to go to trial with this, prosecutors have agreed to request a 13-month sentence. Cox ultimately will decide August 16th in federal court in Detroit. Yeah, because I'm going to trust that. In November, prosecutors convinced a magistrate judge to indefinitely jail Teagan, arguing he was a heavily armed, dangerous drug user with an arsenal of weapons, including a sword. I mean, unless he's got a full DVD set of the Highlander series, I don't know how the sword comes into play. And a history of violence. What is this history of violence? Let's see here. His lawyer portrayed Tegan as a young man struggling with alcohol and substance abuse while coping with a turbulent family life. He said Tegan was planning to leave the Boogaloo movement and start a local militia focused on community service. The criminal case capped a series of escalating legal problems for Tegan that included a separate arrest as an assault charge, uh, search for his home by members of the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. Criminal case against Tegan does not mention elections or plots involving the midterms. Weird. It's like they wanted this to happen. They couldn't find anybody doing it. But legal experts viewed the gun and drug charges as a possible tool prosecutors used to detain Teagan amid the ongoing counterterrorism investigation, which obviously still has not come up with anything. Teagan is a high-profile, often quoted member of the Boogaloo movement. I've never heard of him before this article, and I kind of researched this group for a book last year. I don't remember him coming up. 
He has uh, attended various protest rallies and demonstrations in recent years. Is this what they're going to use when they finally go after BLM and Antifa? Well, he's been at several of these rallies and mostly peaceful protests, or even the fiery, but mostly peaceful. Uh, He has been photographed carrying an AR-15 rifle at various rallies, which is his Second Amendment right, so... I don't know why this is being brought up. And posing with several people charged in the Whitmer kidnapping plot. Still, he's seen posing with. Okay, was he part of the plot? Obviously not. Uh, Including Pete Musico, who was also convicted, and Daniel Harris, who was acquitted last year in federal court. Well, the dude was acquitted, so how does that make this guy guilty? just because he was standing next to them. Yeah, okay, so if you want to, there's still two more paragraphs, but, you know, the way that even this is written, even when they're just pointing out the facts, it just comes across as BS. And uh, J6 Rioter invokes Ray Epps' conspiracy theory at Proud Boy's trial. Oh, that's a conspiracy theory, huh? Hmm. Epps has been a target of those on the far right who have claimed that he was working with federal government and sought to provoke violence during an attack at the Capitol. What the hell would you call it? I've seen the videos. He's encouraging people to do illegal activities while not doing them himself. And yet, even with all this video footage, he has never been charged. Weird. It's almost like he's a... I don't know, an agent or a government informant? Washington, a member of the Proud Boys, who was on trial charged with seditious conspiracy, used his courtroom testimony on Wednesday to try to advance a conspiracy theory. No, this is pretty legit. It's not a theory. We have the evidence. We've shown it. It's been proven. Why aren't you charging him? About a fellow January 6th participant. Oh, so he is a participant that has never been charged with the crimes that he's seen on video committing. Okay, that's interesting. Dominic Pizzola, a member of the far-right extremist group who smashed in a U.S. Capitol window with a stolen police shield. Again, that's... I need to see video footage of that because that seems a little out there for me said while testifying in his own defense that the pro-Trump protester, Ray Epps, was a suspected government operative. What the hell else would you call it? Federal prosecutors moved to strike Pozzola's claim, and the U.S. District Judge Timothy Kelly, who was appointed by President Donald Trump, agreed to remove his comments from the court record. But we have it here in a news article, which is amazing. So, again, uh, this is pretty much a fact. Far-right conspirators have alleged that Epps was working with the federal government and sought to provoke violence during the 2021 attack at the Capitol. Epps, who has said conspiracy theories had a significant impact on his life, well, perhaps you shouldn't be doing the stupid shit that you did on J6, which is what we've been telling everybody else who's been prosecuted at J6. Don't do none. There won't be none. Yeah, committed that the crazy started coming out of the woodwork after conservative members of Congress and commentators referred to him by name. You're in a public place. 
doing stupid stuff. Don't complain. On the eve of the insurrection, uh, Epps had called for protesters to enter the Capitol, but the next day he was seen on video trying to calm protesters and maintain a line between police and pro-Trump mob. No. No, that last line, that, that's that's complete BS. That's, no. That, uh-uh. But, but the next day, nope, 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 nope. Nope, sorry. This is this is all complete fabrication. Uh, ABC News. Yeah. So who are you working for, ABC News? Because uh, you're now spouting BS. And the last article I'd like to get to is from the great Jim Bovard. Waco 30 years later. It's not an atrocity if the feds do it. Yeah, this is at the Libertarian Institute. You can find a link to the article at thecollapseexperiment.com and read it for yourself. But I will dive into this a little bit. It's actually pretty lengthy, but let's see what he has to say. 30 years ago, FBI tanks smashed into the ramshackled home of the Branch Davidians outside Waco, Texas. After the FBI collapsed much of the building atop the residence, a fire erupted and 76 corpses were dug out of the rubble. Unfortunately, the American political system and media has never honestly portrayed the federal abuse and political deceit that led to that carnage. Yeah, check out a movie called... uh, Rules of Engagement. You can find that over at Odyssey for free. Uh, If you have a Roku, you can also get the Odyssey app and watch it on your TV instead of sitting there on your phone, which you're probably doing right now. Uh, What lessons can today's Americans draw from the FBI showdown on the Texas plans 30 years ago? Purported good intentions absolve really deadly force. It is not an atrocity if the U.S. government does it. These are uh, some of the uh, breaking points for this article. Orwellian language will vaporize federal aggression. Don't trust Congress to expose federal misconduct. Media favorites can perform rhetorical magic tricks. Bad attitudes, not federal atrocities, are the real problem. Bad attitudes. That's weird. So, yeah, he he does a little bit of a dive into what exactly happened over at Waco 30 years ago and uh, how things were handled afterwards. <laughs> Janet Reno, the nation's first female attorney general, approved the FBI's assault on the Davidians. Previously, she had zealously prosecuted child abuse cases in Dade County, Florida, though many of her high-profile Profile convictions were later overturned because of gross violations of due process. Weird. Reno approved the FBI assault after being told babies were being beaten. I've never actually heard that accusation before. Usually it was the whole fact that uh, David Crush was, uh, in the federal government's eyes, having uh, intercourse with underage girls, which was not illegal in Texas, come to find out. It is not known who told her about the false claims of child abuse. Reno claimed that she couldn't remember her... She did the Reagan thing. Okay, her sterling reputation helped the government avoid any apparent culpability for the deaths of 27 children. On April 19, 1993, after Reno publicly promised to take responsibility for the outcome at Waco, the media conferred instead sainthood upon her. 
a press conference that <clears throat> the day after the fire, President Bill Clinton declared, I was frankly surprised, would be a mild word to say that anyone would suggest that the Attorney General should resign because some religious fanatics murdered themselves. The day after, they, they somehow knew that that's what happened. Like, there wasn't an investigation. Doesn't the fire department go in and try to find out, like, what caused the fire? Don't they review the video footage? Um, but somehow the president knows because he's like the pope, I guess. Uh, according to Federal News Service Transcript, the White House press corps applauded Clinton's comment on Reno. So there's a lot more to this article. You can find that at the Libertarian Institute or thecollapseexperiment.com and read it for yourself. Uh, Jim Bovard does do some really good work, and I do like a lot of the subjects that he covers because he's, he doesn't just write them for that day. He follows up, and he continues these stories even years after the main event. I mean, obviously, this is 30 years after Waco, and I believe he covered Waco when it happened back in 93. So uh, the dude's still on the job. And uh, you can also find a bunch of other good stuff over at the Libertarian Institute if you are so inclined. But uh, that is about it for me today. That is the recent craziness that is going on. And... Uh, yeah, keep on typing. <laughs>